0: All right, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. I'm Scott Prathier coming to you from the ESPN 1420 studio sponsored by Roofing Louisiana. And joining me now is our friend, uh, former and Cajun offensive lineman, former coach, and um, uh, the current and Cajun radio color analyst, Gerald Bruce R. G. how are you, man? Happy uh, late October. Yeah, doing good.
1: Hey, uh, uh, Halloween, bro. <clears throat> One of my favorite all-time holidays now. I'm a big fan of how going to miss it in Lafayette, but but uh that used to I used to have a really good time
0: with Halloween. Used to. Man, I, there was I've seen pictures of you just in recent years like we're not <laughs> talking about a costume you just pulled out that day. I mean, we're talking about elaborate like down to the T. I mean, so I believe you when you say, yeah, I'm into Halloween.
1: Yeah, I actually got chased by – now, now you know, statute of limitations, I can say this. I got chased by campus police. I was in a gorilla costume running around uh, campus at, at USL back 100 years ago and, and living in the conference center out there. I, I called it wall walking. I, I was tall enough to reach from one of the grades to the other and crawl across, and then all of a sudden you see a spotlight. And they're, they're shining it on you, and I thought, like, dog, I done got caught. But uh, ended up getting through somebody's window and, and, and ran away from them. But it was, I enjoy Halloween, Scott.
0: Zero Bruce, our guest. <laughs> How's your blood pressure, G? Oh, I'm good. Good. Because, <laughs> I, well, I asked because these, these Raging Cajun games this year, you know, the opener, yeah, they won by 17 on the road against a 23 ranked team who's really good. But, like, for a game like that, based on the fact that, you know, you had never beaten and, – and, look, I was, I was rooting for Iowa State against Oklahoma State. They almost got it done. But they're a really good team. But for a game like that where, you know, you haven't beaten a ranked team on the road ever and you're looking for a win against, you know, a P5 team on the road, everything – it's kind of like once you even have that lead in the second half, I remember listening to UNJ at the end of it, there's still this feeling of, like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? So even though it didn't go down to the wire, I could, I could see how it could have an impact on your blood pressure. And then every other game this season, G, I mean, it's, it's gone down there to the wire. Even last Friday, yeah, yeah, Braylon Trujillo sealed it with the pick, but there were less than two minutes left before he did. So I, I just, I, as a concerned friend of yours, I just want to make sure from a health standpoint these games aren't, aren't doing too much damage to the body. No, it's. I tell
1: you, and you mentioned the Iowa State game. That was, if you remember, and I know you were listening on the broadcast, we had less than a minute to go, up by seventeen, and still, Jay, you know, <laughs> say we're going to win it. We did, and that was right after the touchdown. You know where, where uh, uh, Rega scored towards. Get him up, and, bird. You know, dare we say we're going to win it. You know, because, Jeff, don't jinx it. Well, we're up by 17, you know, with less than a minute. And, look, we were still nervous about it. But uh, this one wasn't sealed either because when we line up for that punt, there's some anxiety there. And if nothing else, because, you know, I'm I'm the dad of an ex-long snapper. so I know what that is for Paul Boudreau to execute his part of that, get a good snap, and then you've got to be – and they were coming after him now. And so then, they, then you got to be able to protect and get it off. And then, I mean, <laughs> the old boy just launched it, you know, old Reese Burns and, and crushed it. And then once he hit that, I'm like, dude, they, I just didn't think the quarterback was good enough to do it. Now, they, got, UAB's got players now. And so they they had players enough to do it. But once the field got long, now that'll, that'll test you. But, but uh, <laughs> it, it was just a good night. I'll take them all like that if we win them all. You know, just win them all. I, and I don't want one like that this weekend more than good enough to, just to crush your face.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, it's it's Halloween night. You're in San Marcos. And I would say this is the first game this season. Like, I I mean, the Cajuns are a 16-and-a-half point favorite. Now, gee, they were a heavy favorite against Georgia State, and they had to, you know, that thing had to get to overtime for them to win. Georgia Southern, you're missing a ton of players. Like, is this – I know every player was that we talked to this week said they're never going to overlook anybody. I know the staff's going to say the same thing. Do you feel like because all of these games have been really close, the last four games anyway, that despite the fact that you look at Texas State and you're like, all right, they're 1-6, you really, you're, you're not in a position where you can – I get it, the cliche, you never overlook anybody. But I think particularly this year, based on how close these games are, even though you're much better on paper and you're a heavy favorite – you just can't do it. You've been in too many close games this year. Well and and when you watch Texas State, I know they're one and
1: I understand. Watch them on T V and then uh, as I said, I was to I uh, talked talk to you off there about it. Uh, I was just on the phone with a buddy of mine who used to be the head coach over there. I didn't know this. He and I were just talking about it. They've got fifty six new players on the team from a year
0: ago. <laughs> Dog, and they're wild.
1: trying to do it with getting people in from all over some some I guess return to Texas type players, guys who went off to other schools and are coming back and just transfers here and transfers there. And and that and, and makes it a little bit tough to develop any kind of chemistry. And the other part of it is you end up, guys transfer for a reason. We've seen it happen for the good and for the bad. It's a bit of a chore when you deal with that. But, but I think that where, where tech state is, is you look at them and Scott, you watch them on film and you say, this guy, ain't bad now. Huh? This guy's pretty good. And you, you start looking at them, and say, man, they got players but there's just something not there that's missing. But when you watch them on film and you see what they do, you know, they start the game at, 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 uh, at BYU, and they've got a center and two guards and then both tackles are split out wide like receivers. And then you got, uh, so all you have in there is a center and two guards with a running back, uh, a move guy, you know, and then, the quarterback in the backfield, and they're spreading the formation to try and run. When they bring the tackles back into the formation a little bit later, they've got like five foot splits between the tackles and the guard, so they're stretched from hash to hash. And they're doing all kinds of stuff gimmick wise to where it will challenge you, if not physically, mentally, to stay be on top of your game because you've got to be able to play the gimmick role and and, and defeat that. And um, so that that part of it, when you start watching it. That that part will keep your focus, if nothing else, to take you off the record. You know, you can't look at the record; just watch the film, and then you'll see that if you don't play well, these guys can 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 uh,
0: disappoint you. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. All right. Well, I'll go. What do you th- Are we going to have another close game, or are the Cajuns finally going to be in one G where you don't have to worry about your blood pressure all through the fourth quarter? No, Cajuns are going to crush your face because they're Texas <laughs> <that's> the State. <laughs> sometimes it's just you're just gonna crush your face
1: because they are who they are <laughs> and uh and i mean uh, you know you just gonna crush your face and and uh i i know when 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 coach Fran was there could francione the first time coach hudden then played texas state and, and and beat them coach francione made a big deal about it i mean we're gonna you know we're, we're circling this game we're going in the weight room the next week and we're gonna we'll be back we're gonna play you again in the year and and we're going to show you the difference of what we are and really start challenging the team, that, that, that's fine, until you get your face crushed again, and then what do you do? And, and, and I think that they, they they come in the cage, or the Cajuns end up playing them again the next year and beat the brakes off of them, and, you know, the <laughs> – the problem is with that is that you can only will so much. Sooner or later, you got to have that, the bullets to shoot it. And, and as, as I say, that about you know, Texas State has some players, uh, they have enough to where you say that they ought to be playing better. Uh, but they, when you just got through playing the players that UAB has, then, then uh, they don't look like that now. I mean, they look good, but they don't look like that. Dude, UAB was a good looking team now. Huh? Golly, they was a good looking team. But you know what? The Caves are a good looking team, too
0: espn 1420 com. Gerald Bruce, our raging Cajun color analyst, our guest. Um, a few things about this Cajun team I want to um, get your thoughts on, and and I think every time we talk, we got to talk about Levi Lewis. I think this team will go as far as he can take them, um, and that's that might sound like a lot, but he's the quarterback, he's the senior, he's the leader. They've got the run game um and the difference between the first half and second half I mean he played better in the second and coach Napier said look we also made a lot of in-game adjustments he told me that on Monday morning on the show he said we we made some adjustments in halftime we started to go a little more you know sideline to sideline instead of vertical both with the run game and the pass game and you know rolling out Levi a little bit and it kind of opened things up certainly he seemed to get into a better rhythm because the offense in the first half was just not there. Gee, I mean, Chris Smith's return was huge, obviously, but the offense in the second half, they looked really good. And I think Levi was a big reason why, um, in both halves. I, I don't want to put it all in one player, but I do think that this team goes as far as he can take them.
1: No doubt. And and the other thing that he did do Scott uncharacteristically, he, he, he relied on his, his legs. Now we know he, I say that uncharacteristically, we know he's capable but he just chooses not to so much, that he chooses just to be – because Levi is a pocket passer that disguises himself as a dual threat guy. But he's a pocket passer. That's what he wants to be. Uh, but, 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 you know, he, he has the athletic ability to be a dual threat guy. But in the last couple of weeks, we've seen him pull it down and run and, 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 and not be indecisive about running, you know, just saying, hey, I'm going to tuck, tail, and go. And and now all of a sudden, what that does is that makes people a little more conscious of the rush lanes, a little more conscious in the secondary of seeing them, and the threat of him running now pulls receiver uh, uncovers receivers, because now the the, the defensive backs have got to be they've got to be conscious that Levi will come and break the line of scrimmage. He's not just going to toe the line and look to throw it. He will break the line of scrimmage and run and gain what he needs to gain. But but the other part of it too is that the Cajuns with that now. Did did a better job this past week with their scramble rules at the receiver position, and what happens is, is when the quarterback breaks the pocket or breaks contain, the receivers have got to abort and adjust their routes according to where they are on the field and in the formation. So the widest guy turns up, the next guy crosses face, shallow comes back, and all kinds of stuff like that. You, You have rules according to where you are and where you are just on the field, you know, based on numbers. And in order to do that, we used to do it all, all the time to where, you know, and we really do it when you got a quarterback that's mobile. And it's gonna break the pocket. And so, okay, then we will just holler scramble and then all of a sudden the quarterback will just take off one side or the other and your receivers had to adjust their routes according to where they are. Well with the the inconsistency about who was playing so many different guys you know, I think that it's taken some time to get there. Another thing is these guys didn't have spring ball. They were limited what they could do all summer. They were limited what they are. So what we're seeing is the better part of Levi now just, just because of reps. And, look, he, you know how it is, Scott. When you, when you feel good about yourself and you've got some confidence about what you're doing, then you tend to do it a little bit better. He knows that, that he's the straw. I mean, he knows that. You know, we can say what we want about uh, Elijah and, and about Trey and all that. But look, what you hit it on him. We're going to go as far as Levi was take us. And, and 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 look, I like him saying hike. I mean, I, I know when he he signed. Uh, I remember talking with with the buddy of ours and 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 he said, I hate left-handed quarterbacks. And I'm thinking, dude, I'm left-handed. You know, I take offense to that. Not that I was a quarterback, but you know, I don't mind the left-handed quarterbacks as long as he's good. I just hate quarterbacks that aren't good. And uh, you know he he has the ability to do some things. And look, once he broke it, and, and I, I mentioned in the broadcast, he he, he released his, his inner Terrence Broadway because Terrence, you would see if Terrence ran early, and, and then then all of a sudden his passing got a little better. And and I think that you know Levi started running a little bit, and and he became more accurate with his throws. And and uh, no, I think coaching them have done some things. One thing that that uh, another thing that they did do is they tried to scheme people open instead of just, you know, throw it up and see who can win. You know, that, that, that goes back. To, I remember we, we, you and I used to do a lot on Ray. We talk about Jamal Robinson and Jimmy Joe ball. Well, it's not Jimmy Joe when it's Jamal, you know, but, but, but you know, we, we don't have that right now. We don't have somebody you can just throw it up against anybody. Now this week, they got a couple of vertically challenged corners. So we'll probably see that this week. But last week against those cats, you weren't gonna win a whole lot of Jimmy Joes, you know. So you have to do things with the formation, with the movement of the players structurally to open receivers up. And that comes across as that that's the coach's job to do that. And then it's the player's job to execute that. And I think that they, they did do they being the Cajun coaches did at halftime make some adjustments there and give Levi some opportunities to make some plays and then Levi was not hesitant to run. I mean he. He pulled it down, it went, and then all of a sudden now things started open a little bit. And, uh, man, it was a fun second half. I know you know that,
0: though. Gerald Bruce, our guest, ESPN 1420, Ragey Cajun color analyst. I I think, um, you know, you mentioned the run and now basically what it does to the defense the rest of the time. Uh, The play that was maybe most impressive to me from Levi was when he scrambled and just missed – it wasn't just, like, so the play breaks down on that pass because it wasn't just, like, so the play breaks down. He doesn't throw an in incompletion. He starts to scramble. Now he now he shows the run like he's going to tuck it and run. Defense abandons their guys. Some of them do. Then he mm-hmm. basically turns his body because he's got, you he don't want to throw it across his body. You don't want to throw a bad pass, but has the timing and the wherewithal to do that. And then leads Smith, like, it wasn't a bomb. It wasn't you know, this highlight that you're going to see constantly. But to me, it was one of his more impressive passes this season when you consider everything that went into it and that Smith basically broke off and was just trying to get open and had two guys just a yard behind him. And he just led Smith perfectly to where not only could he make the catch, but he could run with it as well. At a moment in the game where they really needed a first down, G. So that play in and of itself, even though he didn't run, it was that threat of the run in some of his previous runs that I think opened up everything else. But there was a lot going on on that play. That's why I was so impressed by
1: it. No, it was. And, and, and look, I think the most, like you said about it, is him being accurate on the throw. Uh, you know, his having run earlier got pulled people out for the coverage. The other thing was that he did m- maneuver his bike because it seems just to continue running and try and throw and make an error pass. You don't want to throw back across yourself. But, but when you got guys in a trail position, that's picks. Those are interceptions. Uh, but, but, you know, the other part is, so you've got a guy like Chris. Now, you're talking about Chris Smith you know, and so you're, you've got to uncover Chris to, because of the threat of Levi because, look, we've seen Levi run and Levi can go. And so now all of a sudden you open it up, but those kind of plays or the kind of plays where when you have a guy of his athleticism, that's what you want to take advantage of when given the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And another part of it is a lot of his stuff that he was able to do happened outside the pocket where he, you know, look, you know, Levi's, he's, he's not a real tall guy. So when he has a, more of a clear vision. I don't know how he does it at times sitting back in there because you know, if if, if I put you in the middle of, of some of the the the, the stuff that he's seeing, and okay, now throw the ball to the open guy. You say, throw the ball who? I can't see anybody. You know, there's you're, you're just a mass massive humanity in there. And look, uh, uh, the UAB's defensive ends were both six foot seven. You know, and so that that made it even tougher. So for him to get out of the pocket, to be athletic enough, and to be accurate with his athleticism, man, he just eh, eh, that was good to see. And I'm hoping that 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 of confidence carries on throughout the year, because I think he's becoming more comfortable with his guys the more he plays with them.
0: ESPN fourteen twenty, ESPN fourteen twenty dot com, and the ESPN fourteen twenty app. You're listening to the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, visiting with Gerald Broussard, former Raging Cajun offensive lineman, former Raging Cajun coach, and uh, current Raging Cajun color analyst. Um, So uh, when you look at the O-line, G, I wanted your thoughts on that because there have been some movement up there this year. You've had some guys miss some time for various reasons. How would you assess their performance last week, and where do you think they're at at this point in the season?
1: I I think that they're getting a little better. Max Mitchell has actually moved from one tackle to the other. He started the year right. Now he's back at left. He played both right and left this past week. I thought that, you know, I thought Ken Marks had a solid game in there. Shane Vallow has been solid. That Osiris can play now. I'm just telling you, Osiris Torrance, the right guard, can go. Um, but but Zach Robinson has been, been a nice uh, addition, too, along with Carlos Rubio, the two tackles in there when it's not max. And, and, and I think this, look, you know, people say, well, we're struggling to run the football. We've played some really good defensive fronts now. I, I'm just telling you that we haven't played any donks uh, up front. Uh, George State, I think, when you look at it, people say, "Well, would they have no?" Uh, George State had a couple of players. We know what Georgia Southern presents defensively. You know, I think the, probably if you, you want to say the weakest link of them all was the game the Cajuns lost against against Coastal Carolina. But you had two all conference players in that defensive line for Coastal Carolina. This group that the, that the Cajuns played this past week, and I mean, they they can play with anybody. You know, and and then and I didn't even mention Iowa State yet. And, and so, you know, when you talk about the caliber of the people that the Cajuns have played against, especially with where the schedule is going now, I think you're going to, I think you'll see things get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better, if nothing else, because of who you've played against, and and then the, who you're not going to play against now. But but I, the knowing. Now, and look, I've been waiting on Cole Pruden to come, but I guess he's going to be hurt and not going to be able to play, which disappoints me because I just think he's a good player and I like watching him play. But I know that there's been some rotation in there. I know that the the, the Cages have been able to, to play some younger guys and continue to play. And the, the other thing about it, look, losing D.J., I mean, that's uh, DJ Looney. I'm talking about the coach, uh, that, that, that was their guy, you know, and, and that's been something that those guys have had to deal with. And, 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 and they lost him in practice, Scott. I mean, it's, you know, they saw him go down. And and, and so that, that part of it, you know, emotionally, these guys are, and and, and I, I say that, and then there's something that you have to deal with every week. Cause a lot of the things that that DJ did that he did daily that they don't get. And, uh, you know, so, I've been pleased with them. I know that there, there's times where they can play better, but continue, considering the competition level to this point in this year, I think this is a group that's starting to gel and getting better and better and better. And look, you don't have to get great right now, you just got to get a little bit better today than you were yesterday. And I think that they're doing that. I've just been, you know, and then and, and I say all of this without mentioning Coach Sale, the offensive coordinator who coaches the offensive line. And, 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 and look, that, him and DJ spend every day together. You know, and and he's having to deal with that too. You know that so much, so many times that that's a, you know, it just kind of, you just assume that oh, would you just move on? It's not that big a deal, Scott. That's a big deal, and uh, I, and and I I'm, I've been very pleased, and, and and I think about them guys often and what they're going to have gone through and continue to go through.
0: Yeah, Gerald Bruce. I guess, you bring it up, G, um, and, and talking to some players, obviously, and Coach Napier about Coach Looney. Um, I think, look, it, it's they've done an amazing job honoring him. Um, and, you know, to have Coach Looney's family there Friday night and everyone in tears and, you know, when you have a special moment and a close win, your heart back to it. Uh, and so I think just from a media standpoint – We want to and and we should latch on to those great stories. Um, And at the same time, it's like when these guys are away from the team, which is a very tight-knit group, right? I mean, Cam Solomon, he's like, I played for a lot of teams in my life, and this is the closest one I've ever been a part of. Uh, But when you're kind of alone with your thoughts or away from them and, like, that impact that it has on you um, and, you know, the impact and legacy that Coach Looney left with all of them it's not just about this season. It's not just about a close win here, or there. It's basically about the rest of their lives and carrying that with them. Uh, and and specifically on the offensive line, like you said, you know, he was their guy. Uh, but I, you know, to to not to not get emotional uh, or or be touched by what unfolded last Friday night and what will continue to be such a big part of this season. Um, I don't know how you can't. I mean, I just, I don't know how you can't be emotional just thinking about it. I mean, you get emotional just talking about it, right?
1: Yeah, and and, you know, when 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 you sit back and, and you know that and look, I, I've I've coached a lot of different positions, I coach receivers, I coach quarterbacks, coach tight ends and H backs, coach offensive line, coach defensive line. I really the only thing I hadn't coached is secondary. Uh but but when when you look at it, just those guys, you know, those linemen that, and you get so attached to uh, with, with with each other and and with I mean with your coaches and and you know there's always that one coach that that younger coach it, it was me when I was growing up because I got hired at 24 you know DJ was was only right 30 31 years old and had been here for a couple of years and he was the guy that could relate to he was the guy that they could go to he was the guy that when Coach Coach Sale got on you real hard you know if, if I'm Max Mitchell and, and Coach Sales he he just won't let up. Well, no, he's not going to let up. Well, th- then you go talk to DJ, you know, and then and, and DJ didn't now he didn't tat tat you, he still coach you hard, but but he was a guy that you could talk to and and would talk to, and I think that he was a guy not not just the offensive lineman, but the whole team felt comfortable talking to, and and you see that in, in there, and 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 it's you know I, I know that after I lost my mom, sometimes you just sit around and just say I just miss mama, you know, I don't know why, but. And there's times when those guys go through that, you know, that they just, man, uh, I sure could use a little time with DJ, you know, but but that's okay. You know, they'll get through it and they, they learn to to deal with it and, and they'll attach to, to another way to find it. But, you know, you, you, you see that, that, that importance of those coaches and then how much those guys really did love him by how much they wanted to honor him by by playing well and finding a way. Scott, that was a hard place to win now. I mean, those cats at UAB had not lost a game in, in, in a number of years. They're one in a row. And 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 against good football teams had beaten. And that team that not a player on the UAB team had ever lost in Legion Field. And and now all of a sudden the Cajuns come in there and find a way to come back and beat them. And, look, you're, you're down. If, if not for the kickoff return, you're, you're down a couple scores going in half and all that kind of stuff. But just finding a way to execute, finding a way to stay in the game, and then go make plays at the end of the game. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, look, UAB didn't things to help themselves, but the, but the Cajuns made the plays. They intercepted the balls. They punted the ball 84 yards when needed to be. They made the plays to go win the game, and they did it with DJ Looney's name on the back of their jersey. Every one of them. It was just that 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 part of. It, I mean, that stuff you write a book about. You know, make a little movie about it. I don't know if anybody else watch it, but I'd watch it.
0: ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Gerald Bruce, Sard, Cajun radio analyst, our guest. Uh, Gee, Moving forward for this team, when you look at the Sun Belt. From the outside, and uh, obviously it's been an unprecedented year for obvious reasons. I mean, we're in 2020, but uh, but kind of moving forward here with what the Cajuns have coming up between Texas State, Arkansas State, South Alabama, Central Arkansas, ULM, um, the App State game moved back to December. Is this thing, like, are, are the Cajuns, when you look at the West, the team, like, are, are they coming out of the West? Yes. Yeah. So- the
1: Cajuns are going to come out of the West, and I, I, I think the Cajuns are going to host the conference championship game, and I think the Cajuns are going to host the conference championship game. Look, I'll just say it right now, I know Coastal Carolina is playing well, yeah, but if they don't get, if they don't get McCall back, I don't think Coastal is going to beat App, and so they need to get McCall back, and and if they do, then then I, I'm, I don't know how it will go if it's a three way tie. I just think App's going to be tough for Coastal to beat. Not saying they can't. I just think that it's gonna be a tough night for them. And I'm I'm just hoping that, that the Cajuns get to host the game down there. And look, I know that one time the Cajuns were supposed to be playing Arkansas State on a Thursday. Moving that game to a Saturday, I think is gonna really help the Cajuns. Now you don't have to worry about a short week game. Now you're on schedule just to play, you know, and look, I say on schedule, that it's it's twenty twenty now. So that, that schedule could change tomorrow. We know that. But, but you know I think that the, the, the only short week you'll have is the Friday night game and the last game of the year at app at, at, you know at the boom everything else will be a Saturday uh you know you now you get three home games in a row after this one you know so now you got three at the house in a row and and then you know you finish it up with with um, I think it'd be end up being a uh, ulM somebody you know they're towards the end but I'm uh, you have you know I think it just sets up for for you know, for that app game to be playing to whoever wins it will host the conference championship game, and um, but Cajun's going. I just think is going to win, it. and so we'll play another one in, the, in Lafayette. that will be a lot of fun too.
0: Well, I, uh, you know, I I think they're likely winning the West too. I'm not sure about where they'll be playing that conference title game, but uh, if they have a UL football game at Cajun Field six days before Christmas, I'm here for it. G, let's make it happen, right? There you go. Gerald Broussard has been our guest. Uh, always appreciate you taking the time, G. Uh, you can hear Gerald. This Saturday night against Texas State, he, Jay Walker, in the booth, Cody Juno on the sideline, taking on the Bobcats. 5 o'clock pregame here on ESPN 1420, courtesy of uh, Powered by Learfield IMG College. Uh, 7 o'clock kickoff. Steve Peliquin, Chris Gannon have the breakdown beforehand. Gerald will not be wearing a costume in the booth, I'm assuming, But maybe I shouldn't assume. I bet he wants to. But uh, you can hear him there. And um, you know what? If uh, you need, you know, you're looking to maybe get some insurance or something like that, he can help you out with that too.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. Just give me a holler, 446 0441 or gerald.brusart at goosehead.com.
0: There it is, man. Appreciate it, G. Let's talk again soon. All right. Always, my friend.